play with on. That is, you know, that's because we're getting old. Literally, that's both of us tonight have said something and then instantly forgotten what we said. I said it downstairs before. I started talking and then literally leaned down to to get up Sutton, came back. I've Forgot. forgotten. And you have also forgotten at the same the exact same time. Well it was like before I was going on about one of me one of the, the picks for the Yeah, yeah. And I said, What did I just say? And we both looked at each other. It's getting old, mate. Getting old. Oh, it's scary, isn't it? I know. Do you think we can get through an hour of talking? <laughs> I don't know if we can. Don't even know what an hour is anymore. I know, it's scary. <laughs> so, have you been watching anything? I have. I'm waiting for the next episode of Loki season two. I thought Sorry, where are you on? Where are you up to? The the new episode, which is due this week, and so right up to date on Loki season. Oh, okay, season so, two. sorry, yeah, so it's the finale this week. Up until last week, I've got to be honest, I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. I, I, and do you know what, I get a chest, but... The actual, like, uh, explanation of what was happening. Last week's the one where the... all the variants to get the team back together from the different variants. Yeah. Sort of it's the pens in the cup, wasn't yeah, it? That the like pens, oh, it was really good. I've, I was like, okay, now it's sort of building, but it hasn't. But up until then, I've been a bit. Mm. I've enjoyed and with you. It's a little bit like, is this gonna start yeah. being a bit more clear as to what what is happening yeah. and why? Like, say, like Loki's appearing in the background of things, and yeah. Um, but apparently, it does lead straight into the Marvels. It's not really straight in, but it certainly sets sets it up, which. All like that incursion stuff and multiverses, I imagine, is all going to be part of that. And there's hints of the Marvels to X Men. So we're booked for Friday, aren't we? We are booked tickets. So obviously, by the time this episode goes out, it, we would have been weeks ago. Yeah, and everyone would it's have like seen an, it. It's yeah. almost like alternative universe, isn't it? Like in another, in another alternative universe, we've already been. We're and speaking seen to it. you from the past. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Marvels. Apparently, the ticket demand is like lower than the Eternals. I think. Um, where the mouth's gonna I don't know. I I just think the MCU fandom has got real female lead problem because they've not talked Captain Marvel at all, have they? They've not talked to her. No. Um, which I don't understand. Because I, I, I think she's great. And remember yeah. she was in community as well, yes. and she's really good. Yeah. I love her. I think I don't think it's the character. I think for some reason people just they don't think mm. she smiles enough and like she posted like a picture, didn't she? Of like after Marvel with like fake smiles and all the other, and posted yeah. pictures of the, all the other characters who weren't smiling on their posters, like Iron Man and Captain America. And stuff. I don't but, get it. No, it's it's it's. Mm, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. I tell you what, I did watch this week, the Bill Bear film. Old the dads. old dads. I haven't seen that yet. It's okay, it's just okay. okay. It, it's probably more than okay. It's a rock solid six. Okay. So you'll sit and enjoy it, happy enjoy. When I was watching, I was thinking, oh God, it's going to be a film about like, like old fellas and it's all about anti woke kids and all that. And there is that message, but it goes a little bit deeper at the end. So it's almost like, actually, the, we need the youngins and the youngins need us yeah. a little bit. So it was, it did, it was, it was good. He's quite good, isn't I've it? I've seen Bill Bear live. Have you? Yeah, yeah I've seen it with the Philharmonic. He is really good. Um, but speaking of seeing people live, yeah. again, we're speaking to people from the past, probably. Possibly, yeah. By the time our listener has heard this, we will we'll have seen in person Mr. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. In I can't, honestly, I can't believe we're going to this. So it's an audience with Tom Hanks. Yeah. It's, he's got a book coming out. He's got it? a book out. I think it's out now, yeah. You can buy it now. 
and he's touring it around um, everywhere, I think. It must be interesting because he's he's obviously doing this. He doesn't need the book to sell for no reason. I just think he's at a stage in his life where him and Rita are probably just having a boss time going around the world, getting to experience different places. I bet you any money the day to live pulled the picture in the cavern. Oh, we'll be out and about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine so. Because I know, like, they filmed Elvis in Australia, didn't they? And they were both down there at the time. Yeah. Because there was all, like, the lockdown stuff. Um, he wanted the book to sell, obviously, because he wanted to be successful. But I, I imagine he's, it's just for fun, isn't it? He's wrote this book yeah, purely yeah. for fun. He loves typewriters, doesn't he? He does. Doesn't he collect typewriters? Yeah. Them, yeah. yeah, yeah. But honestly, of all the, the people I thought we might get to see, because I have, I've seen Arnie, I've you seen see- Sly, I'd like, Seen loads of comedians because um, we went to see Frankie Boyle as well we last see week. Frankie Just Boyle last week, yeah. random sort of names, but anyone outside the UK won't know who Frankie Boyle is. But <laughs> he is an absolute. Comedy I've seen guy. Bob Odenkirk talk live as well. Yeah, I never, honestly, in a million years, thought we'd ever see Tom Hanks. He, he was on my list of like, I think Tom Hanks, Michael Caine, probably. De Niro, I don't know. I think I'd like to see him, but I don't know if he'd be very exciting. I was meant yeah. to see Al Pacino, and it got cancelled. I remember you telling me yeah. that. Yeah. So to go to know that we're seeing Tom Hanks in see, just a couple of weeks. Because you've invited me to a few of these. I'm like, I'm not that bothered about meeting like the talks and all the ones. But the minute we said Tom Hanks, I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Tom Hanks. What would you ask him if, if we were interviewing him? Apart from to say, you, you had the idea if we could collar him on the way out, could we get him to do a promo? <laughs> for, for watch if you can. But like, just sort of saying, oh, Catch it if you because obviously we we, we rob the title it, yeah. from Catch It if you can. It'd be lovely to do, but even if you just I'm Tom Hanks, this is Watch It if you can. I'd be like, oh my god, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> think if we stand outside the stage, be having town and everyone wouldn't they? Oh my god, um, I don't know what to ask him. Are we gonna have to hover around Matthew Street then all day? On maybe, do you know what I would ask him? Is that amazing run of films he had. What was his in? What was his gut instinct picking those projects? Did mm. did he have a good good inkling that these are all going to be shit off films and bigots? Because he had that period of films where they were, they were critically amazing, successfully box office and Oscars like back to back, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and I'm like, did he know? Did he have? Did he? You know? Could you imagine turning something down? Apparently, he turned down when Harry met Sally. Hello and welcome to Watch It If You Can. My name is Liam. My name's Dave. This podcast is all about box sets we've created of our favourite films and TV shows. Some you've seen, some you won't, and others you may never ever want to watch. However, we can say if you've never seen Best in Show, all I'm going to say is it's really difficult to dance with two left feet. All we want to do is chat on about these films and TV shows we love so dearly and maybe just maybe you should watch it if you can
Dave. Liam, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Welcome back, listener, to the Rob Reiner box set. As you know, we're doing things a little bit differently this box set because the theme is Rob Reiner himself. So the whole box set is about Rob Reiner films. We've done a few so far. This week, Dave, as usual, we start off with a couple of Rob Reiner facts. What have you got? So last week you mentioned that you went to Beverly Hills High School with Richard Dreyfuss. I did, yeah. But also at the same school was Albert Brooks. Oh. If you don't know who Albert Brooks are, Google them, have a look, but you'll know him. What as... a school. <laughs> oh, yeah, to, to have those three there. But he was the dad in Finding Nemo. He so was. You'll definitely know his voice if you don't. He does a lot of Simpsons voices as well, he does. doesn't he? He's, he's a brilliant actor. Rob Reiner's first screen appearance was in the film Enter Laffin in 1967, which was also his dad's directorial debut as well. Interesting. And my final fact of the day is, from 2012 to 2018, Rob Reiner played the dad of Zoe Deschanel in New Girl. Jess's dad. Oh, he's brilliant. And what's his name? Was the mum? I've never seen it. Oh. I haven't seen it. From how... Curtis... Oh, this is what we were saying before about getting old. <laughs> she just won the Oscar for everything here and everywhere. Michelle Yeah. No. That's who won. Oh, you're thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie oh Lee my Curtis. God, Jamie Lee Curtis plays his ex-wife. Oh, they're brilliant, in it? And Jamie Lee Curtis is married to... I can't remember. Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Of course, yes, Stephen. <laughs> Another late, like... Clearly, Christopher Guest is going to pop up on every episode, regardless of, of this, really, because he just the links to... He doesn't this week, though, does no, he? No, he doesn't to this, does he? No. Almost every episode. So, the question is then, Dave, what Rob Reiner film have you brought this week? So, I picked the film that Tom Hanks turned down after we was just talking about Tom Hanks. <laughs> Allegedly. I don't know how true it is, yeah. but apparently he did. It's When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yes! <laughs> Couldn't resist. I'm glad you only did it once. <laughs> this is where we edit out the five-minute version of that. <laughs> so if you don't know When I'm at Sally, it's a 1989 American romantic comedy drama. It's written by Nora Ephron and directed by Rob Reiner, who's going to be the theme of the whole box set. This story, though, it follows the title characters from the time they meet in Chicago, where they then car share to travel cross-country to New York, and it follows them then over a sort of 12-year period as we see them have chance encounters with each other and then slowly become friends and then slowly become a little bit more. Excellent, good stuff. Okay then, Dave, why, when we were doing our list where we were dallying up which Rob Reiner film was going to do, we was going, why did you... Because you were quite insistent on when Harry met Sally. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. Why? Why do you love it? I do love a good rom-com anyway. We love a rom-com. I'll be honest. We, we, are, we are completely comfortable with men, as men, that we love a rom-com. I think especially when it's, I think when it's done well, and this is yes. done well. Yeah. It's not overly emotional, but the acting's brilliant. The dialogue is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it really captures New York as well as a it location. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love all that. You know, it is a New York comedy, but it's not, it's not playing it for laughs in the same way, say, Friends is. Mm-hmm. But when there's laughs, I think they're deserved. Do you think that's fair? 
Definitely. Is that a fair comment to say? I think that's the best way to describe it. Each each big laugh is like just really a deserved laugh. So the idea for the film began when Rob Reiner and Penny Marshall divorced. Reiner said that he'd always wanted to do a film about two people who become friends um, and don't want to have sex because they know it will ruin their relationship, but they do end up doing it anyway. So an interview with Efron and Reiner was the basis of Harry and Sally was based on Efron and some of their, yeah. some of their friends. And then Billy Crystal, who we're going to talk about, was is in the movie. He then came on board and he contributed to the screenplay as well. So we would have been 10 when this came out, so we definitely wouldn't have seen it when it, no, when it no, came out. I was aware of it because it was it was a massive... It was, it was everywhere, wasn't it? It was, yeah, very popular. So... I do remember finding it young, though. I do remember finding it before I was 18. Definitely watched it when I was probably 15, 16. I don't think it really came on my radar till I was an adult. I'd definitely seen it before I'd met Donna. So I must think, have been before I was 18. Like, I was aware of it, because obviously everyone's aware of the famous scene. But it was probably only, like, in my mid-late 20s, I actually really sat and watched it. I think yeah. it was one of those things, I think, because when we... A lot of the older films, you've may have part watched on TV, so you've mm. know you. Do you know what I mean? Do you remember like films used to be? We used to watch films more on TV because you couldn't pause stuff. Yeah, could you then? so you you had an element of you'd coming halfway through the films and see kind of watching. Oh, you'd be watching something on the other side. And you'd turned, turned over, over yeah. yeah, and I, I, so I remember a lot of it, but I remember sitting watching it fully in my mid mid late twenties and thought this is fantastic. So as like a rewatcher of films, I've seen it loads of times, but I generally don't think I've seen it for I think oh, at least five years, if not if not more. It's been a while since I've watched it, so it was good. It was good to to go back and watch it again. I really enjoyed watching it again last night, and I think as well, it was really nice to see a Hollywood film with a completely different alternative love story to what you generally see on film it wasn't the big romantic gestures it was a completely different route of how they ended up together and that's what i love about it and i was reading this little quote and this this girl who made a review i just this quote really stuck out with me she went because love and friendship can never be fully scripted not even in a rom-com which you described i thought that that is because you know hollywood Especially rom-coms, there are a lot of big gestures. This is not it. The way they get together is so up and down. Because, even you know, we even look at... Both, we're both married now. Both our journeys to get married were completely different. And it's it's nice to have all different versions out there. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not one of those rom-coms where they both look at each other and there's a there's a spark between them is like there was it's not there was which, something which when he like first met time. because i think they irritated each other which mm. we know is but when she first meets him he's, he's kissing her friends so yeah. she just doesn't really pay him a yeah. lot of attention does she it's just a case of like he's gonna get in the car and we've got 18 hours ahead of us so they do meet under weird circumstances but it isn't that magic straight away is no there? certainly no it, it's just a lovely version of a rom-com that's a completely different different story to to what we generally have in 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 big hollywood rom-coms i i i just think it's brilliant. yeah because the majority of the story is about them with other people 
Yes, isn't it? I, I, with the with the underlying story of of them being friends. So it, you're right. It's not it's not your normal um, build up to a rom com at all. Okay, then. So who is in when Harry met Sally? Who's Harry and who's Sally? <laughs> so allegedly, as we mentioned, Tom Hanks was one of the people who was offered the role. Richard Dreyfuss apparently was offered it as well. Michael Keaton. Interesting. We were doing comedies at the at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Albert Brooks, obviously been... long-time friend of um, Bob Ryan as well as Richard Dreyfuss. So it makes absolute sense that they might have been offered it. I'm I don't surprised know how... Christopher Guest wasn't asked at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, how true it was. But anyway, I'm glad they went with really went with in the end. Billy Crystal plays Harry. We know Billy Crystal from Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. Yeah. <laughs> He's famous in America, really, for starring in Soap. I've got that. I remember... They used to play this on the Paramount Comedy Channel years ago when we had cable TV. Oh, it's brilliant! It, yeah, but it's not as like a big hit as like a like a Friends phase. The ones no, that no, it, it, it was, was over there. It, it was, was massive huge, over yeah. there, but it's really progressive because it's almost like it's a meta soap. It's a soap that takes the piss out of mm. soaps. It's it's actually genius. He's brilliant. He was the standout, one of the standout stars, isn't it? Yeah, so it ran from 1977 to 1981. The films I'm going to recommend then are Run and Scared from 1986, which I've seen. I've never seen that one. I've seen that more than when I met Sally, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to pass you that to him and Gregory Hines. Phone Mama from the Train Yeah. from 1987. And then... Analyze this and analyze that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Robert that. De Niro, they were massive hits, weren't they? He was also in an episode of Friends. Got yeah, episode yeah, of Frasier. Yeah, yeah. But the one, and I've mentioned this before because it might have been, it wasn't Princess Bride, but it was an, another film that we had with Billy Crystal in. And I mentioned this. It's the Seven Hundred Sundays, his live show. Oh. where he's talking about his life. So Seven Hundred Sundays is how many Sundays he's he's lived to that point, and. It's excellent. It's on. It's a state. It's a one-man stage performance, but they sort of have a house behind them, and I can't really describe it. But the settings sort of change as he, as the story goes on. It's just him talking for whatever ninety minutes or whatever. I can't recommend it enough. I watched it on Sky, so I don't know where else you can you can get it because he. he He's just as famous now to most people for presenting the Oscars, isn't he? He had a good few, he had a good few he years did, on yeah. the Oscars, which he was really good at. One thing I'm going to add to the list is he was one of the voices in Howl's Moving Castle. Oh, he's the fire? Yes. So I think it's weird. And also you didn't mention City Slickers. Well, that's because I'm going to mention it again. Oh, oh, I see where ah, you're going with that see the one. Link. Yeah. So, to be honest, with Billy Crystal, there was loads. Yeah. Uh, I just picked out sort of a few main ones. But, again, go on his IMDb. There'll be so many films on there you've realised that you've seen and you've loved and he's and he's in. Definitely find 700 Sundays if you can. So, our Sally of the movie is played by Meg Ryan. We know Meg Ryan from Top Gun in 1986, Inner Space. Uh, yeah, I'd forgot yeah. she was in that. I got Year that on after. my list, yeah. Uh, the Presidio with um, Sean Connery, which came out. So you had a run here, Top Gun in 86, Inner Space 87, Presidio in 88. But I picked out a few. The Doors, 
I've got that because it was on my list the other week, wasn't it? I was thinking that that come up. Yeah, I mean the obvious ones, obviously that everyone's seen is you've got Mail and Sleepless yeah, in Seattle, yeah, yeah. which are other Nora Ephron films, which are amazing. But I really enjoyed Proof of Life with Russell Crowe. Never seen that. That's enough from two thousand. She also was in The Simpsons. She is. She was in an episode of Cape in two thousand nine. She was. The recommendation then is. Courage Under Fire from 1996 with Denzel Washington. And it's also the film that got Matt Damon the role in Saving Private Ryan. I think it was one of his very first uh, roles and then he met Spielberg on the back of that. But see, that's a serious... Because most of the films that we mentioned there are kind of like like in space, you've got male comedies, but Courage Under Fire is really, really worth finding. I've not seen Anastasia, the animation. Yeah, the Russian... Yeah, um, I've, like the cast is amazing. Yeah, it's John Cusack as well, And Kelsey Grammer as well. Oh, is he in it? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it for a long time. It's a really good film. Oh, well, that's, that's on my list. I've got literally the same ones. Yeah, what was weird was looking at IMDb is she voiced a character in remember the kids cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteers. It was really big in America. It didn't really take off as much no. yet. She does 13 episodes. Oh, really? And then not only that... Next time you're on IMDb, go and have a look at some of the stars they managed to pull in to do some voices on Captain Planet. It is bonkers. Like, we're in Meg Ryan does 13 episodes. That says a lot. Bonkers. But what I what I find really fascinating about Meg Ryan is 2000 onwards, pretty much. Oh, you, she's done very little. When was the Michael Parkinson interview? Oh, I think was that, that late was late nineties, maybe. Mo- I think that was naughty. So it was, was around it? and saying she just sort of disappeared. That was like she hasn't. She's done very little. Funny enough, she's just releasing a film. She's in and directed with David Duchovny. It's set. Oh, that'll be good. Because he's looking, great at everything. Yeah, it's literally. I think it's literally just a. It's just literally just turned. She's up. great at everything. To yeah, be fair. she's she's brilliant. Yeah. I think she's brilliant, but. I think certainly for UK audiences. Oh, the Parky interview. The Parkinson interview, really. So, listen, if you've never seen it, go watch it on YouTube. She basically is on. Michael Parkinson's one of the most famous TV hosts. Mainly ever, because he's he? one of the most amazing talk show hosts because he really has ability to get stories yeah. and really connect with, with. The closest, really, now is, but he's a bit more. Uh, from the end, same side is the Graham Norton, isn't it? He's as famous. Michael Parkinson. He's as fine, but I think he's a better. He's a better talk show host. Because it, it, host. Yeah, because I mean, there's no gimmicks there. He just can really sit and have a conversation. Like some of his interviews, like I always remember the Parky Billy Billy Connolly. Yeah, they're always good. The Muhammad Ali did mm. a couple of Muhammad Ali, and there's some really Michael good Michael Caine ones as well. Amazing. Well, funny enough, funny you say that. I was watching just on YouTube the other night. It was Peter Sellers. Doing a Michael Caine impression oh, on Parky. That's, that's brilliant. That's just so good. <laughs> so Michael Parkinson, obviously the most calmest man mm. you'll ever meet, and she just clearly just wasn't in the mood, or she she probably been doing interviews all day. I don't know. She just was, didn't want to be there, yeah. did she? And it was really weird. It was just he was it was like trying to get blood out of a stone, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was very strange on her It'd have been better if she just didn't go on. Yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I think it's for UK audience certainly. They remember that more probably than anything else she's Definitely. done. And yeah, it resonated shame, with you. I think because Parky is such a national treasure that everyone thought she was being really rude. Yeah, it was like kicking the Queen, wasn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> People were fuming, yes. weren't they? It was literally <laughs> the best way you could describe it over here. 
Brilliant. Okay, who else is in When Harry Met Sally, Dave? Oh, Carrie Fisher. Really? Oh, what can we say about Carrie Fisher? Oh, I mean, obviously, we all know as Princess Leia in Star Wars. She's sadly passed away now, but she's in Family Guy, which I didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. Um, she does a voice in that. But she's in Catastrophe. She plays Bob Delaney's mum for like four or five episodes. Of course, yeah. She's amazing in that. And I've heard him talking about, like, tell stories about her and, yeah. um, and getting her to, to do the show. The couple of recommendations. Did you ever get to see Legit with Jim Jeffries? Oh, this is a TV show, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's, no, I've not. She's in an episode and she plays an agent. And I'm not going to spoil it. We can talk about it when it's finished. I just want people to go and find it. But she plays an agent and he's trying to get her part. And he has to do things to get it past. I, I know <laughs> what it is because he, he talks about this in a routine. Does he? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's so funny. She's she's amazing. She was in a few one-off appearances in Big Bang Theory, appeared in 30 Rock, appeared in Smallville. But she did write postcards from the edge. She wrote also on The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones. She did write on, uh, rewrites on Hook, Sister Act. Uh, I last didn't, action I didn't hero. Know this. Yeah, last action hero. So married an axe murderer. Um, and she also worked on, allegedly, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. That's interesting. I never mm. knew that. Like a couple of things that I forgot she was in the Blues Brothers. She had a she yeah. had small appearance in that. And she also a couple of shows I love and she pops up when you as soon as I saw that she popped up one episode of Entourage. And one episode of Weeds, and she, when Steve she's on screen, you re, it's a you instantly remember that was that's Carrie. Fisher. She wasn't playing Carrie Fisher in either, I don't think, because I know she does play Carrie Fisher yeah. in, in a lot of TV shows. But she's she's amazing. She's she's a national treasure. The one I recommend is Intolerable Cruelty with George Clooney and Catherine Zeta Jones. The dialogue in that is so, like those old school nineteen forties. This has passed me by. That she's never, oh, that she's she's writer. Yeah, that's what she's really probably more. After Star Wars, certainly. Yeah. That's what she was more famous for, yeah. I don't, like, I don't know why that just didn't mm. not pick it up. And that's really interesting. I think that. they brought her in on Hook to write the Tinkerbell scenes because Julia Roberts was playing Tinkerbell, wasn't she? And I, I, I'm she's sure got a that's ta- what it was. Apparently she's got a little cameo on Hook. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah, because it was look that was on her IMDb's. That would make sense now because, yeah. That would be why. She's just amazing. She and is. I wish, you know, she's one that would have been on the list to go and see. I remember... Um, Simon Pegg talking about meeting her on. She led a life as well, hasn't she? Oh yeah, she's like, and she's quite open about that life. Yeah, and clearly she was having the affair with Harrison Ford as well, yeah. which obviously all came out, didn't it? She was the first one to to say it, but Simon Pegg was saying on Force Awakens when he met her, like they were walk. He, he was just telling her basically that he loves her. He's loved her all his life and she looked and seen he had a wedding ring on and said something like, oh, you bastard or something like that. But the way he tells the story is just brilliant. I'd love, like the same way we're getting to see Tom Hanks, mm. I'd, I'd pay whatever it takes to have gone seen and carry fish alive. She's so sad. She's quite outspoken a lot of things. I've seen it. Oh, there's really good footage where she's she's on stage. I think George Lucas is getting an award for mm. something. And, she, yeah. and she's really quite funny now. She calls out, she's like, all oh, these aliens, and I have to wear this metal bloody bikini. And he's like, you know, she's she's really clever as well. And yeah. And her, her daughter's an actress now as well, isn't she? She is. She was in the, the yeah. Star Wars sequels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what about Carrie Fisher? Who else? Right, last of the main sort of cast is Bruno Kirby. He plays Jess. He's uh, Harry's friend who eventually 
ends up with with Marie played by Carrie Fisher. I absolutely love him in Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, he's such a arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> he's had a really good career. I oh. he's one of them actors that we've mentioned this before. Slowly along the years, he's just plodded on. He's got he's had great parts yeah. in films. I mean, he popped up in This Is Spinal Tap for a little cameo, did, did which we he? spoke about last week. But he's in Donnie Brasco, Sleepers, again, in an episode of Frasier. And as you mentioned before, City Slickers yeah, with, with Billy Crystal, them two together are just brilliant, aren't they? So, and Tim Men as well. Tim Men. Yeah. He's also in Godfather 2. Is he, yeah? Yeah. And what well, was so weird, I didn't I know this. I was, to be honest. I've not watched them for a long time, you know. He... I didn't know this, but Godfather 2 and Godfather 3, they released in chronological order as a TV series because the way Godfather 2 mm. and Godfather 3 did flashback stuff, they did it all as one long chronological order and it was four episodes in a TV series but with extra scenes that they'd cut from the film. Oh, and I, I, I like, it's called The Godfather Saga. I'd love to get my hands on that and see that. I've never even heard mm. of it. Interesting. One other thing you missed out is in the Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely one, one to well. see. Definitely one to see. The only other one I'm going to add is, and we've already mentioned, is Nora Ephron. I think, wow, what a writer. I mean, it's, it's, I think you could do a Nora Ephron box set, and I think it'd be really hard to pick a so favourite of that. We're just well. going to pick a few here. It's Sleepless in Seattle, obviously, You've Got Mail, and one of my favourite all-time films, and such underrated, the Julie and Julia film have you ever seen that so it's no, all about it's all about the julia childs who was the first tv cook personality in america and i think in, a, in the 50s and 60s meryl streep plays her i don't think i've seen this oh, show. it's it's amazing and what's weird is the, the hbo were doing a tv series on it and sarah lancashire is playing her in the tv series coming up as well oh, that's good cast i mean yeah. to be honest if you're going to try and get someone to match meryl streep yeah Really, honest to God, it's it came out at some. I think it's early noughties. It's not that old, Julie and Julia. So it's basically a modern day cook is trying to have conversations with her because obviously she's already like, what would she mm. done and all that, and trying to get into her head. Oh, it's a brilliant film. Well, like a good recommendation. Yeah, so. really, really good film. So definitely not Efron recommendation from me. Okay then, Dave. So that's who's in it. What's your favourite performance? Who's your favourite character? So there's only really four characters in the movie. Yeah. That's fair to say, isn't it? Four main leads. Obviously, you've got Harry, Harry and Sally as, as your main two. It was hard to choose, but I think the most likeable and probably the best performance is Sally. That's who I've got as well. Have you really? Yeah. Because yeah. we, we sometimes differ. I was really on the fence because... It's so hard, isn't it? I think you could have picked any of the four as well. Oh, without doubt. Like, when we come to my favourite scenes, it's the other yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I just think it's I think it's a great performance, Meg Ryan. I think it's possibly my favourite performance of hers. She plays that sweet, innocent girl so well, doesn't she? But she's got all those little... The little quirks, like when she's ordering the food and stuff. Yeah. I don't think many people can deliver those lines no. in the way that no. she, she did it. I know, and I... I think, hands down, this is Meg Ryan's career-defining role. I, I, I don't think... She's done some great stuff, but I just think she's... She she brings it. She brings the role. And I, and I tell you, 
the obvious bit where at the end, spoilers, Harry declares a love to her, and it's the bit where his response is, I hate you, Harry. And you can, at that moment, you're with her as an audience. She, she's just took you on that journey, and it, it's just brilliant. What a performance. There's obviously the famous, like, orgasm scene, but I think the thing with that scene is you don't see it coming from that character, do you? And from, from her in particular. I think she's perfect for that scene because it's more shocking that it's Meg Ryan doing it and that character doing it. I don't think anyone else pulls that no. scene off or makes it as like half as interesting or half as kind of funny, awkward, all the things that go along with it as as her. Apparently she should it was her suggestion that they do it in a restaurant. Yes, I saw that and Rob Reiner because he, he was like but apparently when you when you were rehearsing as well, Rob Reiner was doing the scene as well. Because <laughs> he did it over and over. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, like yeah. Hours. Apparently it was Billy Crystal who came up with the line. I'll have what she's having as well. Because it's Rob Reiner's mum. Yeah, she's the, line, the one that delivers it. it. Um, if you go to Cat's Deli, they have a sign above that table. You can go and sit there and it says, uh, where Harry met Sally, hope you had what she had on the sign. It's brilliant. I'd loved, I'd loved it. I'd love to go to New York, and if we was going to New York, I'd love to go to that restaurant, the Catadelli, definitely. So the scene where she finds out that her ex is getting married, and although she admits like she doesn't want to marry him, it's that line where she breaks down. She says, "But why didn't he want to marry me?" Yeah. And again, I just think they're like the scenes in that movie where you watch and think, "No, I don't think anyone else pulls these off." Do you know what I love all. about her role as well? Is yes, she is. It's it's so complex and rich because yes, she's naive, but she's not soft. There's a little bit of metal there behind it as well. Do you get what I mean? As well, it's real life people can be different things at different times, and she really shows you that. Like you know, it's uh, and you you change as you get older. You you your your mind can change. Yeah. You, you know, your opinions and changing. I just think. Whether that's for the better or worse, yeah, but they change. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, to be honest with you, it wasn't that difficult choice for me. Like when I think of when Harry mm. met Sally, it's it's Sally. That's that's who, that's Stands who I out. root for in the film, big time. Yeah. Oh, it's funny we picked the same one, but generally though, if you'd have said any of the other three, I, I, I wouldn't have disagreed. All day long, do you know what I mean? There is an argument, but without me, there was no no doubt about it. It was Sally. Okay, then so. What about favourite scene or moment? So I've got a few I'll go through then. I think the scene with Harry telling Jess that Helen, his wife at the time, was leaving him. And he says that line where he says, I asked her if she still loves me. And she said she doesn't even know if she's ever loved him at all. Yeah. But they're doing that while they're also doing a Mexican wave. That's right. They're, they're still reacting <laughs> to they're it. They're still doing around. the Mexican wave. So it's like that scene in a drama would be just probably them two. You know, maybe in maybe in a diner, maybe thing. But to do it at the baseball game and they're both like still doing the Mexican yeah. wave and he's 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 delivering those lines. I love that scene. The bit where they're both singing on the karaoke, it's not when they're singing on the karaoke. And this is gonna come back to some of the themes we've talked about on the show. It's when Harry's ex turns up. It's that awkward scene where they say hello and then they sort of introduce the people that they're with. And then it's just the way she says, like, it's just like, it's just like goodbye. And it does come back to what we've been talking about with friends that come in and out of your life. Yeah. And I think it's a perfect example of 
that someone Harry spent time with, a great deal of time with, got married. And now, you know that song somebody that I used to know? It sort of encapsulates that song because this is someone like, they literally just end the conversation and go, we'll see you. And she mm. walks off and the left. And we've had this conversation, especially around sort of Stand By Me. Yeah, yeah. About like, you know, the end of that movie is all about the fact that he didn't really keep in touch with any of those people. You watch it and they think they're the best friends in the world. And by the end of the movie, you know, I know, I can't remember who died. It, was, it wasn't in the paper he got. He died in like a knife fight. Yeah, I can't yeah. the character now. But I just thought that scene just encapsulates how you do meet people and you think you're going to know them forever. And then just suddenly to just meet in the shops and, and it's, say hello and say goodbye. And everything has changed. Like yeah. your whole life has changed. Yeah, it's, it's a lovely scene. What about, what, what other scene is it you like? It's the ending. Because I know it's cheesy when he starts running. And I know, you know, she's there. She's in the, the dress at the party. But damn, it works. It really like, yeah. it really works, doesn't it? I think in any other film you go, oh, this is like a bit over the top. But that line that Harry says, when you realise you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible, that's just like no effort, isn't it? Yeah. All brilliant. those films... I just think you you can't help but get wrapped up in that scene. It's me it's my favourite one. What about and you? Regardless of the fact that we said before, oh, there's no big romantic gestures, that is the the biggest you know, that's the sort of the Hollywood romantic gesture, but it's still you know, it's took them she twelve. Tells him she hates him though, yeah, in the, in yeah, the that, scene, that's the as best you just bit said, I, you know. I that bit it's not even as one of my picks, but I, when Meg Ryan delivers that line, I am all in. At that moment, mm. and that's down to Meg Ryan. That's why I just think she's she's absolutely amazing. Couple of scenes I picked out was I loved when he went on the double date with Jess and Marie, and yes. it all went wrong. And then they, they pull him aside, going, oh, "Do you mind if I ask ask it out?" <laughs> and he both say, "Look, do you mind waiting so they don't disappoint <laughs> Harry?" And then the Jess goes, "Oh, oh, I think I'm going to jump a taxi over." And, and Marie goes, "I'll get him with you." And he just jump in the taxi, and well, I absolutely belly laughed at yeah. that scene. And Harry and Sally just stood there on on the side, going. What happened there? I just think the performance, the comedy timing of yeah. Bruno Kirby's brilliant, and the, and likewise, the wagon wheel coffee table scene. <laughs> Obviously, it's more famous for Harry's breakdown of like mm. next thing you know you're going to be arguing over this, arguing over that. But it's and you go outside and Maria just looks at Jess and goes, "It's that line. I want you to know." I will never want that wagon, to, that wagon wheel to. It's the way she delivers it. Yeah. It's just brilliant. And I love them two scenes. But, and again, this is probably why Meg Ryan's my favourite performance. My favourite bit is the line she comes back with Hannah because I'm not your consolation prize. No way they asked her out to go out before the New yes. Year's dinner. That gets me. I'm just mm. like, and I think that's, a pivotal moment because I think that's the moment that sets Harry off to realizing actually it. I do want yeah, that's, to. That's that, that that's that's literally the cogs in the wheel start going. Then he goes on the walk, which we've just spoke about, mm. and then it's like shit. Now she's the one I want. So I just think it's that one line just sets all that emotion. What we just said about the mm. end of the film, and again, in Meg Ryan's delivery is impeccable. The one thing I haven't mentioned, actually, is this is another one of my choices where it's 
very short film, under two hours. It is, yeah. About an hour and a half-ish, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Um, and it just it flies by. It does. We need to work out at what point on New Year's Eve can you start watching it. Oh, so it ends. So, no, no, so because so, cause they have to count down for yeah. New Year's literally just near the end, don't they? Because that's where the mm. backdrop of them, where they eventually declare their love and hate for each other <laughs> we need to you see i think we need to put on about like half 10 quarts to 11 and it should just sync up we need to work out all everyone does now is the fan of snap they do that for new year yeah <laughs> but like the idea we're doing when harry met sally it should be new year's it, it, it should be i'm gonna make it a new year's eve film <laughs> okay then dave what about music what have you picked out soundtrack? So wise? Harry Connick Jr. worked on the music. He did. He's he's yeah. already been mentioned on this podcast once before. Yeah, so he did some sort of special arrangements for the music as well. The two main songs though are It Had to Be You. Yes. And Let's Call the Whole Thing Off. Yeah. They're the they're the picks of the soundtrack, aren't they? There's other great songs on there, but if you're gonna listen to two, go go find them ones, definitely. And then obviously a couple of years later he popped up in the Iron Giants. Yes. Love him. Been, yeah, we love yeah, the I think he's great. Okay, then. What would you change? There's a couple of things, then. Okay. I struggled with this one. I'd, I'd struggle a little bit, but one was really obvious straight away. I get at the start, right? We're not supposed to really like Harry. He's a little bit obnoxious yeah. when he gets in the car. And then as an audience, we then grow to like him. Totally get that. Totally understand it. But spitting the grapes out the window, <laughs> it's too much for me, you dirty, dirty man. <laughs> See, I, it's too much. I, I would know. never, ever like him again. In this no thing. matter what. I wouldn't get over that. And if I seen him again, I'd ignore him. <laughs> no, do you know what? It did really bother me because I... I, just know I it, no, do you know what it is? I just hate spitting yeah. in general. I hate seeing people spit. I hate even like watching the football and, and players spitting. I've always hated it. So when he sat in the car and like the first time he does, he spits on the window. <laughs> the window's open, is he? <laughs> I, I thought at the time, because I don't I couldn't remember the, all the scenes very well. And I just thought that was the one time. But then as they carry they on carry, driving, it's, he, do, he keeps spitting off the yeah, window. And it's mid-conversation as well, and isn't it? Yeah. People walking past, yeah. there's cars going past. You dirty, dirty man, Billy Crystal. <laughs> Cut that scene out. Because like I said, I'd never speak if that was if I was Sally. I would have just booted you out at that point, to be honest. And then it would be when Harry met Sally, then Sally told him to get out the car and he never saw each other again. Yeah. Yeah, when Sa- it, it, me, it would have been when Dave killed Harry. <laughs> so we, I've got one more thing Go I'd on. like to, to not have changed. I'd like to have seen the character that Carrie Fisher was having the affair with. Because you never see yeah. him. And I like... I get again that there's the mystery, but I'd like to have just seen who he was, and I think it would have been quite fun as well if it turned out how he knew him. Yes, could have been a little bit of a twist of like how he knew who he was. See, one of my points is I, I wanted Jess and Marie to to be in it more because they're so good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of my criticisms. And the other one is and I've mentioned it most times with Vitae every other the film. There is a couple of lip sync and continuity errors that pop up. Just a few little here because he's not this the behind this, the scenes shots which yeah, happens a lot in movies, doesn't it? He's not and this is what I love about Rob Ryan as well. He's not 
the slickest of directors. Do you know what I mean? I think he's 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 quite like let's just get, let's just get it in can let's just go mm. let's move on because he's he gets great performances but like you know he's not obsessive about like we're gonna do this hundred and forty seven times until it's just perfect. There are a couple of little lip sync issues. The bit where Jess and Marie do the speech you no know, after the wedding again, mm. it wasn't for Harry and Sally. There's one of it you look at it and he's he's saying completely like, what's coming out of his mouth. His oh, mouth really? never yeah, you'll notice the and there's a there's a bit weird that in the restaurant and ha- Sally sandwich is suddenly got on one side of the plate and then on the other little tiny things like that. But that you live with them. I can live with them all day long. And <laughs> it's almost like I need to bring something to this question. So I'm being really. It's not. I don't mean it's a criticism of like Bob Bryan. It's just criticism of films in general. Sometimes when the, those scenes from like the behind the headshots, they're clearly not saying the lines that are coming out. Yeah. You can tell, can't you? Yeah. The, face, the face isn't moving at the yeah. same time. They're saying certain lines and that. Yeah, I that bugs me a little bit in movies as well. Right then, so what about impact and impression of when Harry met Sally? So as far as it's gross, it grossed uh, 92.8 million, for which for a comedy yeah. and a 16 million budget. Yeah, that's a that's a hit. That's a hit. F1 The Self received a British Academy Film Award, an Oscar nomination and a Writers Guild of American Award nomination for the screenplay. The film is currently ranked 23rd on AFI's 100 Years 100 Laughs list. And it's on number 60 on Bravo's 100's Funniest Movies. And then in early 2004, the film was adapted for the stage in a production called... Um, sorry, in a production starring Luke Perry and Alison Hannigan, which would have been interesting to That's see. Right, yeah. In 2022, the film was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. The question I'm going to ask you here is, is it the perfect rom-com? It depends on what you want from a rom-com because if you're looking for something that's all sweet and wrapped up and lovely, then go watch Sleepless in Seattle. Or actually, do you know what? Go watch You've Got Mail because I think Sleepless in Seattle's got... Not a dark side, but obviously Tom Hanks is the 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 reason Tom Hanks is looking for someone's because his wife's passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, so there's a bit of a sadness in that. So you've got mail is probably the one where you just go in, you you laugh, you cry, you're done. With this, it's so up and down, isn't it? Mm. That the idea that the characters meet and they don't like each other first, then we see them with other people, then they get back together and they, they still don't like each other as well, do they? But, but I, like, for me, for me, it is for me. I think it's but, the I think it's the best romantic comedy ever made for me personally. I think it's right up there, and for that reason, it's not your standard Hollywood love story. It's very mm. real. It is, and and I love the fact that it's intercut with all of the old couples that they got together. Although the actors, the older people, the youth, yeah, the dialogue, the, the, the is, style, of, the, the real, stories, and I love the way that every couple you meet had a completely different story of how they got together. Mm. Some met and fall in love at 16, some met, got married, got divorced, got married again mm. 30 years later. Some had this big, you know, they lived around the corner from each other for years and then met each other in a different <laughs> city. It's, we all, and it's like I said before about you and me, both married, we both got to our marriages in completely different ways. You mm. got married really quite young, I got married really late in life. But 
they're all valid. Do you know what I mean? They're all our stories. We'd Every... be sitting on the couch telling different stories yeah. if we were in that yeah. movie. I suppose, just come back to your point of what you would have changed to, to Jess and Marie, we could have had a scene with them on the couch, couldn't we? Telling their, like, a little bit of a Possibly, story. That could yeah. have been a little bit of yeah. an extra. Yeah, for, for me, personally... It is, but I can also understand why someone would maybe look for something that is a lot more happy all the way through. Yeah. Some people seek out those movies, don't they? That just want to make them feel good all the way through. And, and this has got so many ups and downs. And even though you know they're going to get together, even as you said, even when they get together, it's actually quite heartbreaking as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, I I think it's, a, you know, it was... I was having a little read about the history of rom-coms and obviously they, they came from, you know, initially some Shakespeare, Shakespeare had sort of invented rom-com mm. in some of his plays, but in Hollywood, it, it, they sort of came around and from the early moments of cinema, we've had romantic comedies, but the real golden era is the 90s, if you go back on some of the, the as far as Hollywood's concerned, but this was 89. So this is literally, I think... This define that golden era of romantic mm. comedies, and again, on the back of, it's no F on, isn't it? Yeah, but on the back of Rob Reiner, what he just done and what he went on to do was mm. right slap bang into this amazing run of films he had, and again, impact legacy wise, the scene in the restaurant is one of the most referenced movie scenes in all time. Mm. Just like in A Few Good Men, the favourite, You Can't Handle the Truth. Mm. It's one of the most favourite scenes, famous scenes ever. Turn up to 11 from Spinal Tap. Exactly. You know, it's the the scenes that everyone knows. Like, the legacy is just, it's Rob Reiner, you know what I mean? And like I said, he's not the slickest, like, smoothest director. He's not like a Scorsese. He's not a Christopher Nolan. He's not... um, of Quentin Tarantino, mm. do you know what I mean? They're very much, they use the word auteurs because they use, they have a style and they, they use similar themes and through their career. There is that with Rob Reiner, but he's got a real eye for the time. And more than anything, some of the actors he has in his films probably some of the best performances they ever had in their career so mm. people forget what's the point of a director to direct to direct the actors so I think as well like it does when we mentioned about the caption New York so I, I, I was lucky yeah. enough, I'm lucky enough to go to New York in the December and so when you see that shot of the tree of 30 what when you see the ice skating ring and the park and you go there it's like, God, this is like literally like straight from the movie. This is like almost like, it's like you took a snapshot of that yeah. movie and it's there. You don't think when you get there it's going to look the same, but he's captured it exactly how it, how it is. It's, like, it's, I remember reading a little bit the other day about it and he said it was interesting the way he used New York as a backdrop in one way. It's the most amazing city in the world, but especially they said they were trying to get the bits when you see... Harry, when he was at his most depressed, living in a flat on mm. his own with no furniture, the backdrop of the Empire State Building created a very imposing, lonely theme. And I thought, I loved the bit Rob Ryan was trying to say. He says, yes, it's New York's most famous, but it can also be one of the most loneliest places mm-hmm. in the world as well. And all them bits where they were talking on the phone at night when we were watching yeah. Casablanca, 
that was Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal when Rob Reiner was going through his divorce. Oh, that's, I was, that's how was their friendship that. really cemented. Right. They'd sit, they'd sit in each other's houses, talking on the phone, watching films, and I just like, but the idea of using the New York as a backdrop for both positive and negative. Oh, I, I think he's, I love it, absolutely love it. Right, moving on. It's time to dim the lights. Bit of background music, a bit of ambience. And Dave, this is your quick fire round. I'm going to ask you a few questions and I need your answer within two seconds. Otherwise, we just move on or I may just edit it out. <laughs> it all depends, whatever comes first. So, are you ready? Go on, I think Kenny's ready too. Let's go. Recast with two current leads. Oh, ouch. This is going to take more than two seconds. You will have to edit this. I'm going to go... Do you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to say Tom Holland and Zendaya. We were both together with the Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, I love that. Take that. Okay, then. Pick any song that would be great for this soundtrack. Do you know what's slightly missing? You could have had New York, New York. Oh, yeah. Pick another city for the film to be set in. Yeah. Put the it in Liverpool. If Tarantino directed <laughs> When Harry Met Sally, what would have happened at the end? She'd have launched them off the Empire State Building. <laughs> and last question. Can men and women be friends? Yes. Okay, thank you, Dave, for your quick fire round. It took about 10 minutes. <laughs> what about where can the listener watch the film? So you can watch it on Amazon Prime, apparently, if you've got a subscription. You can definitely get it on YouTube and Google for seven ninety nine though. Seven ninety nine. Seven ninety nine. Is it to buy? You can't rent it. I, well, it's a digital download, isn't it? YouTube and Google, so you can pay seven ninety nine to to watch it. I don't know if that means you. Because you normally it's normally like three pounds something mm-hmm. to rent for twenty four hours. Well, on the Sky Store, it's three forty nine to rent, or you can buy it for eight ninety nine. So I presume YouTube and Google is to buy it as well. All right, then, as always, the end of the show, we end on, if you like When Harry Met Sally, what else would you like? I'm going to go first. I've picked movies with famous restaurant scenes for obvious reasons. (laughs) Now, the first one that comes to mind is Lady and the Tramp, the spaghetti scene. Excellent choice. Classic. Pretty Woman. Yeah, where they go, they go to the horse race and she have that fancy dinner. She's got no idea what's going on or how to react. She's probably fish out of yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. I love, I love Pretty Woman, Mrs. Doubtfire, when it all ends up going wrong. <laughs> where it did, it basically it's all revealed. He's Mrs. Doubtfire at in the restaurant as well. I love that one, Pulp Fiction, and I'm gonna go with a couple. Of, we could pick, could have picked a couple, but. The John Travolta, Uma Thurman in the diner scene. I just love I I love the, the um, way she tells them the story about how she did the pilot for the TV show. And they were like, yeah. a, a little thing was she had a joke at the end of every episode. I love that scene. I've also got Office Space. It's a good pull, this. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston quitting her job because she didn't want to wear the badges. But as they kept saying <laughs> in the film, 
the flair. You need more flair. And I'm just like, it's it's a great performance by Jennifer Aniston in Office Space. Great film as well. Okay, Heat. Just going to say Pacino and De Niro. Say no more. Goodfellas. That famous scene where Harry takes Karen on their first date to the Coca Banner, mm. and it's that amazing track and shot where it comes all the way and he takes it through the back door, go through the whole the kitchen, the restaurant, the back room, and he pulls her out and the table comes from nowhere and he says that. I just think it's one of the best scenes in cinematic history. The next one is Thor, the scene where he smashes the glass because he wants more. Obviously, never been to a British <laughs> restaurant because he would not be welcome back in there. Something about Mary, the dinner date scene where oh. she's got the lovely hair gel sticking out. Did, just... They never thought that was going to work. Did they? Did oh. they didn't think like an audience would it's, take to it. It still makes me cringe thinking about yeah. it. And the last one, the menu, the recent film. Ray Fiennes. I'm not going to say a scene, just the film. The <laughs> Non-stop. <menu. laughs> it's a water film, that's all I'm going to say. What about you, Dave? So we've got a couple of films that are the same i've gone with two themes first one is movies that are set in new york okay because obviously when harry met sally's captures new york really well so do these films i think coming to america yes which we've done a we, podcast yeah. about came out in 1988 eddie murphy oh, especially queens yeah <laughs> it's the whole isn't it you know good morning new york and just yeah. go, fuck you <laughs> <laughs> west side story Yes, nineteen sixty one, and also the updated Steven Spielberg version. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy the the Spielberg one. No, not a fan. No, Escape from New York, John Carpenter. Yeah, nineteen eighty one. Yes, Kurt Russell. You can't have New York without saying Ghostbusters, even though I said Ghostbusters on the last episode. Yeah, but again, just captures New York, doesn't it? We've literally just watched the trailer for the new. We have the new Ghostbusters that's coming out. Is it? I think it's next. Is it next year? Probably knows with what's going on with the strikes and stuff. Everything pushed back. Wall Street. Yes. 1987. I mean, that really captures New York well. Goodfellas, you've just mentioned, but again, set in New York, so that restaurant scene is in is in New York. Came up in 1990. I mean, last one is Muppets Take Manhattan. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Any excuse to put a Muppets movie? Yeah. yeah. Uh, came out in 1984. I don't think we can do the episode about just talking about no. some rom-coms. No, come on, bring it so, on. And I, I know we've meant we've had the theme before, but just an, any excuse to have a list of rom-coms. Yeah, we, I don't think we'll have seen all of these or be, between us anyway, but His Girl Friday is probably the most famous rom-com from 1940 with like Carrie Grant. I don't know if I've seen it, to be honest. Now, if I have seen it, I, I certainly don't remember it, but I think I, for I, most people that's a definitive I rom-com. I think I have... I think I watched it in film studies when I was in college for that reason, because it is a d- mm. defining sort of rom-com. It's that fast-paced yeah. dialogue, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. I need to, it's been a while since I've watched that. I need to watch that. I think that's... that's it's a great choice, that, I think. If you're going to watch a rom-com, that's like something that you're just not expecting. Mm. It's... Go go check that out. Everyone's brilliant. And I love Jim Carrey already and Kate Winslet's excellent as well. Groundhog Day. Yes. I could have chosen... There's a few restaurant scenes in Groundhog Day. There is, The yeah. famous one where he tells of what's going on because he can go around and tell everyone's life story. Yeah. That's the favourite. Literally just thought could have used that one. I love Groundhog Day. So another Bill Murray film sort of thrown in there then. The Big Sick. 
Have you ever seen that from 2017? No, don't think so. That go go check them out. That's a really good um, really good rom com. I picked Pretty Woman as well. Oh yes, I, yeah. I don't think you can pick yeah. rom coms. And then this is my last one because I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it short because there was just too many to to choose from. But this one is a zombie rom com. I've gone with Shaun of the Dead. Love it. Love it. Great stuff. Okay, then, Dave, that was When Harry Met Sally. Watch it if you can. This was a Watch It If You Can production, executive produced by Kenny, our Val's lad, on work experience. Don't forget to follow, rate and share from wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.